0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I want you to put on your seatbelts today because we are going to turn the tables, the understanding and the paradigm about cholesterol and saturated fat and fats in general on its ear. We've invited Dr. Ufa Ranskov, MD and PhD, born in Copenhagen, Denmark and living in Sweden, who has published and done massive amounts of research about cholesterol. He is the author of so many books, The Cholesterol Myths, Exposing the Fallacy that Saturated Fat and Cholesterol Cause Heart Disease. Fat and Cholesterol Are Good for You. Ignore the Awkward, How the Cholesterol Myths Are Being Kept Alive. He is the founder of the International Network of Cholesterol Skeptics and uh he says that cholesterol is not to fear it's really to fear or not fear cholesterol that is the question what he's really going to be talking about today is the science of cholesterol how the myths got created and how they are being continuously upheld both in academia in medicine and in science i'm very honored to have him here today to dispel these myths because as a little girl like many of you even now we are told that cholesterol causes heart attacks many of us are on pharmaceutical drugs that have terrible side effects because we believe that and we accept that ladies and gentlemen stay open and welcome dr Uffe ranskoff to its rainmaking time good morning and good afternoon to you in sweden
1: good morning well it's afternoon here yes you're right
0: Well, I know that you were one of the first people in the world that noticed that the science has been flawed for many, many years and that you've paid the price for the early research that you've done revealing this. I'd like you to talk a little bit about the diet-heart hypothesis being circumstantial, confusing, and wrong. But first, I want to say something about true scientists that's in your book. And that is that the medical hypothesis has been wrong for a long time and that the reason for this is that the scientists are more concerned with the prestige of their own hypothesis than the actual solutions to medical problems. And so this is really what's on the line here. The bigger picture, besides the cholesterol myth being revealed and people getting healthier, many people across the world is that true science now is being threatened and has been threatened for many years because of scientists upholding the prestige of their own hypothesis and not focusing on instead the higher calling, which is the solution to medical
1: problems.
0: That's the context of this, isn't it?
1: I will not say that I have been threatened. It's more correct to say I and we all of us.
0: I didn't say you're threatened. I said what <laughs> is being threatened is true science. Okay. The whole field of science is being threatened when scientists are more concerned with their prestige.
1: Yes, those prestige and money. Right. The greatest problem is that the, the medical industry, they have full control of, of most of the medical journals and also... Almost all cholesterol researchers—they depend uh, completely on the financial support from the drug companies. This is the greatest problem for us.
0: I'd like to know how the diet-heart hypothesis began with Ansel Keys. I want you to talk a little bit about Ansel Keys. Yes,
1: Ansel so Keys was an American professor in in, uh, in physiology. He, he was not a doctor, but he was. Uh, he worked at the FA, FAO and the WHO uh because he had been very successful during the, the, the Second World War Second with his uh, dietary advices to the soldiers. So he was very popular, and he thought that he had found the cause of heart disease because he was convinced that 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 fat. That fat food was the real cause, and as a proof, he showed uh, he he published a paper in 1953 showing the association between heart mortality in six countries and their consumption of fat in the same countries. And these uh, these six points lay on a closely up to a a curve. It was very convincing. This figure. In in the, in the Finland they ate most saturated fat and they have most and most people died from heart disease in that country. In Japan it was just the opposite. And you are constantly in between. However, four years later, two American researchers, they 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 studied the, the, the background of these figures. He had the figures from the WHO and FAO. And they found that he had selected six countries that suited his hypothesis, whereas data from 22 countries that were available, these data were available at that, at that time. He had ignored them. So if you use all the figures from these uh, 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 28 countries, there's no association whatsoever. Well. That's pure fraud, in my view.
0: What do you think the motivation was? Do you think it's just ego? He I, fell in I, love with his thought?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well, may, maybe he thought it was right and he to 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 uh, convince his uh, research tellers, he he chose data that were the best for do, for doing that. He may not have been uh, fraudulent uh, but uh, in, in fact the, the way he has presented this this is fraud.
0: You say that people with low cholesterol have become just as I don't even know how to pronounce it. Yes, a serious... the
1: second The second part of the hypothesis says that uh, that uh, well that saturated fat raises cholesterol, which is not true, and high cholesterol is the cause of atherosclerosis and cardiovascular disease, and the latter idea was presented for the first time by the Framingham researchers. Uh, You know, that's uh, a little town outside Boston named Framingham, and here sat a group of researchers uh, and collected data from uh, a, a few thousand of the inhabitants in Framingham. And when they examined them six or seven years later, they found that those who had got a heart attack during these seven years they had, their cholesterol was a little higher at the beginning. Not, though it's not a, a great difference, but it was only a little higher. And they were so excited of this finding because, you know, in, in, in atherosclerosis there's much cholesterol. And here they say, we know now that when cholesterol is high in the blood, then uh, atherosclerosis uh, expand or grow. But, this this was very far from the truth because thirty years after they started this uh, investigation, they followed up all the, the the participants, and what they found was that those whose cholesterol had went down died more often from heart disease than those cholesterol uh, those whose cholesterol had went upwards. Just the opposite of what they expected. Another thing was that high cholesterol was not a risk factor for people after age 49, and it wasn't a risk factor for women either. But these facts have been ignored. A few years later, the Framingham Group published a new study, and here they say just the opposite. And when when researchers cite the 30-year observation study from Framingham, they say the opposite also. And uh, most researchers they believe in 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 college uh, uh, with, with, uh, writing in, in scientific papers so they didn't check they they didn't check the the, the the science backwards as I have done so they don't know about it and the fact that cholesterol is not our enemy has been shown again and again first, as you mentioned there's absolutely no association between degree of or of atherosclerosis in dead people and their cholesterol level in the blood. It has been shown again and again. Those with low cholesterol, they are just as atherosclerotic as people with high cholesterol. There's no difference.
0: Why is cholesterol good for us? First of all, what is it and why is cholesterol good for us?
1: Uh, cholesterol is one of the most important comp- compounds in, in, in our body. All cell walls uh, need cholesterol. Cholesterol is necessary for the nerves. It's necessary for for our brain. The the largest content of cholesterol in any organ in the body, you will find that in the brain. And the brain needs a steady production of cholesterol to function properly. Furthermore, you use cholesterol for making other molecules. You use it for making sex hormones, uh, for stress hormones, and you use it for making vitamin D. By the help of a uh, uh, sun, the sun, the skin produces uh, vitamin D from cholesterol molecules. The cholesterol molecules are changed a little by the sunshine uh, to vitamin D. Another, well, what we, you, you have probably heard about the, the, the LDL and the HDL, the good and the bad cholesterol. Yes, and
0: I want you to talk about LDL and HDL yes. because...
1: LDL and HDL this is not cholesterol this, this is the names of the, the molecules that transport cholesterol in the blood there's no good or bad cholesterol cholesterol is cholesterol uh, any cholesterol is the same but some of the cholesterol is transported by LDL and other pre- cholesterol molecules are transported by HDL Uh What very few researchers know is that the lipoproteins we call them lipoproteins, the LDL, HDL, VLDL these are lipoproteins these lipoproteins participate in the immune system. They are very effective against any infection they uh, bind and neutralize uh, all kinds of bacteria and viruses and their toxic compounds. It has been uh, shown by, again and again, by more than a dozen research groups, but you can't find anything about it in the cholesterol literature. And the, you, can also, you can see from many studies, for instance, people with low cholesterol, they have a much uh, higher risk of being uh, uh, infected. Infectious diseases are more common among people with low cholesterol than among people with high cholesterol. Why? But the most striking, the most striking phenomenon is that if you examine, if you follow old people for some years, you will find that the old people with high cholesterol, they live longer than old people with low cholesterol. There are more, I have found more than 20 studies showing this phenomenon. Why should be lower cholesterol if those with high cholesterol live the longest?
0: Why do you think that is?
1: <laughs> because high cholesterol protects us against uh, infectious infections. What I also think is many or some uh, cancers are due to uh, viruses, and and high cholesterol also uh, uh, protect us against cancer the risk of, of getting a cancer is much higher if you have low cholesterol than if you have high cholesterol. It has been shown again and again. You measure cholesterol and healthy people follow them for 10, 20, or 30 years. And then you examine them or, or uh, seek, seek them, and you will find that those who had low cholesterol from the beginning, they, there are many more people who had died from cancer than compared with those with high cholesterol. There are also uh, several uh, statin trials where, where the incidence or, or mortality of cancer increased. Three or four uh, uh, statin trials uh, where there was a significant increase of uh, cancer in the treatment groups. Now, the, the cholesterol researchers, they talk away. This. They explained away by saying that, oh, but if you collect all the, the the trials together, then you will not find any association. But remember here that they have excluded skin cancer. No trial. There, there were two trials where skin cancer was uh, recorded and, and reported. Um, In each trial, it was not statistically significant. But if you add the figures from these two trials, it becomes statistically significant. But since then, all trial directors have uh, ignored reporting skin cancer.
0: Why? Because what will that show?
1: because, Because if statins are carcinogenic, if statins produce cancer, then, the first cancer to be to, we should expect to see is of course skin cancer because skin cancer is, is very easy to to find it to diagnose it on an early early stage, whereas lung cancer it takes twenty or thirty years before uh, before you, you you have lung cancer you mean you, you you do not you do not get lung cancer after having smoked for ten years you had to smoke much longer time. but skin cancer. It appeared in in, in the two first tries, but has not been been recorded since then. This is certainly a problem because in America, there has been a steady increase in skin cancer for the last 20 years.
0: And they're very Uh, hard to detect.
1: This is caused by by the widespread use of statins.
0: Now, what is a statin?
1: The statin is is a a, a molecule that blocks the production of several... uh, uh, Healthy molecules in our body uh, indeed in, in it 's very difficult to, to 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 guess what will happen if we block these enzymes but one of the more important is called the q ten coenzyme q ten this is not a a, a, a medicine a drug it is a, an, an enzyme present in all our cells in the body. These cells put, uh, are necessary to produce a power in our cells, warm and energy in the cells. It's like a, a, a power, a necessary, uh, it's, it's like a power system in, in, in our cells. But Q10 is, the production of Q10 is blocked also by uh, by the status. The statins block the production of cholesterol, but also of Q10, and there are several other molecules that are blocked in their production.
0: Isn't that counterintuitive since CoQ10 is needed to improve the quality of the heart?
1: Yes, certainly. This has been shown by many researchers that heart failure, patients with heart failure, they improve by being treated with Q10.
0: So, what are names of statins? Is Lipitor. A statin. Yes. What are other names of statins that people might be uh,
1: taking? Well, so uh, is one of them. Lipitor. Uh, well, I can't remember all the name, but I, I think people who who, who, who are ordered to eat cholesterol-lowering medicine, they know the name, but they have all most of them have an, a surname.
0: It's very hard when you're dealing with MDs who are cardiologists insisting on promoting the same falsity that's mainstream because a mainstream falsity is considered the truth. You say also that bacteria and other microorganisms play a role in chronic heart failure because they produce endotoxins, which are these toxins which are produced by bacteria. Many dentists have known that. Some of the bacteria in the mouth have also been contributions to heart disease. But how come it is that you think that mainstream cardiology doesn't also acknowledge that the bacteria and other microorganisms play this role in chronic heart failure?
1: Yes. Um, It has been known for many, many years that there is a strong association between infectious diseases and cardiovascular diseases. And it... People have uh, researchers have examined the, the arterial walls for bacteria and viruses, and uh, they have identified more than 50 different bacteria and several viruses, but only in atherosclerotic tissue, not in not in healthy arterial walls. Only in atherosclerotic, atherosclerotic arteries. It has also be, always been explained away by the argument that the, the infection is secondary. It starts with atherosclerosis, then the bacterial viruses arrive. I have presented a, a, a new hypothesis together with uh, American colleague Kilmer McCauley. Uh, Kilmer was the guy who, who discovered uh, the, the importance of homocysteine. I can tell you very shortly that he he had a research position in Harvard, but when he published this study about homocysteine, he was kicked and he couldn't continue his research and he couldn't get a a, a work either for two years, I think. Well, we have presented a new hypothesis that says that that bacteria and viruses are caught by lipoproteins. And, uh, in, 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 particular, in the case of bacteria, the, the lipoproteins clump together around the bacteria. They, they, they make us great large molecular clumps. And, and we think that these clumps are blocking the small, uh, uh capillaries that, that uh, serve the arterial wall with nutrition and oxygen. You see, all arteries are, are all all tissues in our body uh, has capillaries. It's the finest vessels in the body. The capilla- from the capillaries, the oxygen and nutrition, goes into the tissue. And these capillaries, they are. It's very difficult to pass those capillaries that are laying that are aligning. Uh, close to, to, to the arteries because there's a very high pressure. So what we think is that these uh, molecules, clumps of molecules, they block the capillaries inducing an, a necrosis in the arterial wall. And uh, what, what is known and what all researchers uh, agree is that a thrombus uh, in, in uh, the coronary artery always starts with a a rupture of a small bubble in the arterial wall. We think that this small bubble, it's like a microboil in the arterial wall. And when this microboil bursts, then the the content of the the boil goes into the blood, and uh, uh, the blood is coagulating immediately around this bubble. Uh, This is the way a thrombus is created uh, in case of uh, uh, acute heart disease.
0: So when we test for homocysteine level, yes. is the test that we're taking correct, looking for the right things?
1: Homocysteine is not that dangerous in, in, in the normal range or in, in, in the range just about normal. What Kilmer McCauley found was that children born with a disease uh, that is uh, known by homocystinuria meaning that they excrete large amounts of homocysteine and the content of of homocysteine in their blood is very very high these children they die early from uh, atherosclerotic diseases stroke or or heart uh, disease but uh, the concentration in normal people uh, is is not enough to to induce a heart disease but it is certainly associated. It's better to have low homocysteine than, than high than high homocysteine.
0: So what should there
1: we... Are, well, well, go ahead?
0: Go somebody ahead. has
1: tried to treat patients with uh, vitamin B and uh, to see if if you to, to lower homocysteine, it has very little effect. But it's it's more complicated than in, in, in that. Homocysteine participates also in the in the production of these. Uh, bacterial clumps that I told you about just now. The clumps made by, by lipoproteins and bacterial virus. And homocysteine participate in this clump formation.
0: What is a what C- C-R-Y-T-O-K-I-N-E. Critokine. Cytokine.
1: Cytokine.
0: Sorry about that.
1: Cytokine is a substance produced by, by uh, uh, white blood cells. It, it, uh, it shows high cytokine in the blood. It means that you are properly infected. You have an infectious disease. You may not feel it because there are some chronic infections, for, for instance, uh, periodontal, periodontal disease, uh, which also uh, gives a high level of cytokine and all the markers of infection. But uh, it's always high when you are infected by a bacterial virus.
0: So is that something that we can take with our blood tests, is to look at our cytokine levels? Well,
1: you can't use it for anything. I mean, those people or doctors know when a patient is infected or not. You can, Of course, you can you can measure these values, but it tells you very little. What is interesting is that these cytokines and other markers of infectious disease, they are high also in patients with cardiovascular disease. This is one of the arguments for a for an infectious cause of atherosclerosis. Another argument is that in, 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 um, during during epidemics of influenza, for instance, there are more people die more people die from heart disease during these epidemics.
0: Interesting. Now, the United States has turned into a carbohydrate, sugar-eating country that lives on grains and packaged foods. And due to this, there's been a large elevation in obesity and
1: diabetes. It was was these dietary advices were introduced in 1984 when the official cholesterol campaign started. And all people were advised to eat more carbohydrates and less fat even diabetics, and they said, well, if their sugar, the blood sugar goes up, they can take more insulin. We know, old doctors know, that when you start treating diabetic patients with insulin, they become, they become fat. That's an that's a old wisdom. But as you said, there has been an epidemic of obesity, and it started a few years after 84, when the, when the cholesterol coming started. It started with, one or two, two years after, and three or four years after, the diabetes epidemic started. But nobody take notice of it, uh, at least not about, among, among doctors or researchers around the cholesterol hypothesis. But they say, yeah, yes, p- people, they don't exercise that much any longer. They sit uh, in front of the television or uh, laptops and they don't uh, do anything or, or they eat too much fat. But this is not true. People exercise just as much today than they did for 25 years ago. And, uh, people eat the same amount of fat today than for 25 years ago. The, the difference is that they eat less saturated fat, but more polyunsaturated fat. More uh, fat from, from, uh, corn oil and uh, sunflower oil and, uh, uh, what's it called, um
0: the trans fat.
1: Soil. sorry, Yes. Uh, so, but we know that the consumption of carbohydrates has, has raised immensely from that year, 1984. It has went up and up and up, and the fat, uh, the number of fat people has increased and increased uh, more and more. The interesting thing is, well, uh, a doctor who who knows a little more more about uh, metabolism could have told them that it should. This is a, an expected result. In fact, there was a, a Swedish professor in, in the 20s. He treated uh, diabetic children. That was before insulin was was, uh, uh, was introduced. He treated them with giving them fat food and no carbs. No carbs at all. Fat and protein, no carbs. And he, they survived for several years. A child who will get diabetes... They die in, in a course of, of a few months or a few weeks if he or she doesn't get insulin. But at that time, before insulin came, he was able to, to let them survive by this way. And we have used the same method, and, and many Americans have also, the, the same treatment of, of fast-diabetes patients. In Sweden, uh, very few people think that fat is a dangerous food today. It started a few years ago. Uh, a, a Swedish doctor uh, who was uh, a little fat and had diabetes. She, uh, her daughter, was to a course, a university course. They tried various types of diets, and she tried low carb, a low carb diet with much saturated really fat, and she lost uh, three or four pounds in a very few, t- a very short time, and uh, her mother who is a doctor, she tried the same, and the same result for her. And she started to propagate for for this diet, the low-carb, high-fat diet. And thousands of diabetics and thousands of fat people here in Sweden, they have improved, and some of them, many of them, have been cured totally. They do not use um, diabetic medicine or insulin any longer.
0: That's remarkable.
1: Sometimes it is difficult to get to to buy butter and 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 cream in the, in the shops because people uh, realize that saturated fat is not dangerous. It is in fact a very good food.
0: The saturated fat really became demonized, and in the United States, coconut oil for many years was taken off the market as one of the demonized saturated fats. And it's so good for you.
1: The fact is there is no scientific evidence whatsoever that has shown saturated fat to be dangerous. I, I can mention, for instance, that there are more than 30 studies where researchers have asked healthy people in detail about their, what, what they eat and followed them for some years. And now and then they, they, have, re, rep, they have asked them again and none of these studies have found that people who gorge in saturated fat, they are, are, are often, uh, uh, they often, they get heart disease more often than those who uh, follow the dietary guidelines. Not now study. In fact, there are six or seven studies that have found that people with stroke, they have eaten less saturated fat than healthy people. Wow! No study this is, has found the opposite.
0: Why is saturated fat good for you?
1: <laughs> well, well, saturated fat. Is, it, 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 I, I mean, our body can, consists mostly of saturated fat, and we produce it in large amounts every day. Saturated fat, and we we can burn it. Also, we can burn it, use it for energy. But why should it be? Why should it be dangerous? Some studies have, have even shown that the people who eat much saturated fat, they are healthier in many, in many ways. There is, there is a, 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 a British study, they, a British researcher, he, um, he analyzed 10 population studies where they have followed the diet. And, and what they found in, in Britain was that those who ate most saturated fat, most products with a high intake or with a high content of saturated fat, they got fewer heart attacks than those who ate little.
0: In your book, Fat and Cholesterol, you say that saturated fat has nothing to do with cholesterol.
1: No, no, no. It's two quite different uh, uh, molecules. Saturated fat is a simple molecule consisting of a chain of carbon uh, carbon atoms and, uh, but, but, well, cholesterol is a very complicated structure. Uh, uh, so, no, no, they have nothing to do with, with each other. Cholesterol is produced by by carbohydrates. Saturated fat is, uh, can also be produced by carbohydrates, but it's an, quite another way in the metabolism. So, this has nothing to do with each other. The reason why why we have been told that saturated fat raises cholesterol? This is experiments performed by Ansel Keys, the guy we started with, Ansel Keith and a few other researchers. But what they did was that they uh, they gave a diet to the to the participants. In the, the the trial, they gave a diet with less saturated fat, but they increased the, the intake of polyunsaturated fat. And this is true: if you eat eat much polyunsaturated fat, cholesterol goes up a little. But I, what what does it mean you would ask? I don't know. Probably is it that uh, to build cell walls and build, build nerves and brain cells, you need saturated fat, and when you when uh, Uh, Or excuse me, you need cholesterol, and when you when you uh, eat polyunsaturated, oh, we'll take that once again. Take away that. Uh, The reason is that our cells need both saturated fat and cholesterol, and if we reduce our intake of saturated fat and eat polyunsaturated fat instead, then the, the the body feel that there's something wrong going on here, so they produce more cholesterol to, to stabilize the cell walls. This is a hypothesis. I, I don't know if it's the, if it's the truth, but uh, the fact is that if you if you do not do anything else than increase the intake of saturated, for instance, if you increase the intake of saturated fat and decrease the intake of carbohydrates, the cholesterol level uh, doesn't change. In fact, the good cholesterol increases a little. What that means, I don't know. But uh, there's no evidence that eating much saturated fat rates your cholesterol.
0: So fat doesn't cause fat. Eating fat does not cause no, fat. This,
1: this is also a, 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 an old dome that you, you tell people, oh, and, and it's so, so easy to understand. It's, it's obvious You if you eat fat, you get fat, but it's not true. It's just the opposite. People who who eat fat, they get more satisfied in a shorter time. People who eat much carbohydrates, they become hungry after a short time because the blood sugar goes up very steeply up and and goes down again. And in a few times, it goes below the normal level and that means you are hungry. So uh, eating predominantly carbohydrates. It means that you have to eat several times every day. If you eat a a meal in the morning with much bacon, egg, and butter, and cream, and milk, then you can go all the day without being hungry. Many people can do that.
0: That's true. I've experienced that myself. I was a vegetarian for 20 years, and on occasion would have meat. And I only recently introduced butter back into my diet for 10 years, but I never had enough saturated fat. So I've added coconut oil to my diet for the last several years, and it's good.
1: Coconut oil has the highest content of saturated fat of any food product. Uh, in fact, uh, milk and meat, uh, they, uh, they, uh, the, the fatty meat, milk and meat, it is both saturated fat and monounsaturated. And poly. there's all kinds of fatty acids and uh, in in uh, in animal food it's not pure saturated fat so if you really want extra saturated fat that's a good idea to to use coconut oil
0: let's talk a little bit about consensus now my understanding is that consensus is not part of science it's not meant to be part of science but now it's being forced on science do you agree with that
1: yeah this is a very uh, uh, interesting. Uh,
0: Talk about uh, your phenomenon. understanding of consensus.
1: Well, the consensus, if you have an idea and, and you, you want to introduce it, for instance, uh, tell people that, that you should eat less average fat, it's a good idea to make a conference and only invite people who agree with you. And then you made a consensus and you can say, oh, we were 30 or 40 professors from all over the world and we all agree that this or this or that we all agree that saturated fat is dangerous. There was a consensus conference in 1984, uh, but uh, it, 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 the, the were, and there were a few criticisms among the, uh, the, the listeners, but they wasn't allowed to, uh, to uh, influence the, the, the content of the, rip, of the report that was published afterwards. In fact, this report was already written before the Congress.
0: Are you talking about the Michael Oliver from Scotland, the director yes. of the WHO trial? Yes. The WHO he, trial?
1: Oh, yes. He, he pointed out that several of these cholesterol drugs it was before the, the statin period. Uh, several of these cholesterol drugs increased the frequency of, of cancer. It, it, it resulted in cancer. And Michael Oliver, one of Michael Oliver's, uh, trials was a large trial in the WHO's, uh, uh or ordered by them. Um, and, and there were more who died from cancer in the, in those who got the cholesterol in drugs. It was ignored at the consensus conference. There's nothing in the report about the criticism in the, in the public, in the, uh, in the audience. Uh, it's uh, Everything had been decided before, but in, in the, kind of all conferences after that one in, in 1984, there they have only invited people with a right view on Coleto.
0: It reminds me of the IPCC had already made up their mind and propagated an agenda about climate change and only allowed people who would agree with the proposition and would go along with the climate consensus. I had no idea about any of this, but learned this over the last few years. And this reminds me very well, much of they- many
1: similarities. Yeah, very so, similarities. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a fact that the temperature is going up, but it, is, it has been exaggerated. And, and the, as far as I know, but I'm not a store. I know a few experts on that, period, on, on that issue, and they say... Nobody knows why the temperature is going
0: up. It's funny that you're saying that because the people that I've spoken with are measuring that we're in a cooling cycle now. And only in certain places of the world are the temperature going up. But remember that we have the spraying of the air. We have the infiltration of the military-industrial complex that's tampering with weather. And so there's a lot more forcings going on when we look at climate and weather Than ever were before so it's a lot more complicated even to talk about it but the issue of consensus is a central theme in the manipulation of science that's what I'm getting to that's what I'm noticing can we talk about the anguish of angiography what is angiography and why is it important?
1: Angiography is is a way to examine the, the vessels in our body. You inject a substance uh, containing uh, iodine compounds and iodine is visible on the X-ray. Then you can see very clearly how your vessels look like at the inside. Um, but uh, to, to use this method as a, a, as a proof that anything uh, worsens or, or improves the vessels, it, it, it is hopeless because um, your vessels what what you do, what the researchers do they measure the diameter of the vessels and if the diameter goes, uh, becomes uh, shorter they say that the vessels have worsened and if the diameter widen the vessels have improved but it's you can't do that because Just the fact that you you become stressed will change the diameter by 30 or 40 percent. The the, the vessel may, the the diameter will will decrease by 30 to 40 percent. But in the trials, when you use, when you lower cholesterol and, and, and measure the diameter, the changes seen are less than a tenth of a millimeter.
0: What does this so, mean?
1: And, and and you have absolutely no control over the influence of stress of the patient. Interesting,
0: very interesting. I want you to tell me and tell the audience your understanding of the Mediterranean diet by Dr. Michael De Lorgerel and his team from Lyon, France. Basically, what have you found about that diet?
1: Well, well, my, Michael De is also a cholesterol skeptic. What he did was uh, that he gave extra, uh, I think, was olive oil to the patients in the treatment group. He he did not, uh, ret- you, yes, he did. Ret- I'm not sure. Uh, he he gave a little more, little less saturated fat, but he added. They got extra uh, uh, olive oil to the patient. But what what they found was that patients who died. Not, not from a coronary disease, not from a, a thrombus, but they died suddenly from heart disease. They, they what's, what's it called in, in English? They, uh, uh, they suddenly fell down on the and worse and were dead. These, such, such cases were decreased by this diet, but nothing happened with cholesterol. The cholesterol, the, the cholesterol level in the blood was the same in both groups. Has absolutely nothing to do with cholesterol.
0: That's fascinating.
1: Yes. Well, when you when you mention the Mediterranean diet, it is also a, 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 it, it's a it's a very it's impossible to explain what what is the Mediterranean diet. This uh, the term was uh, was uh, invented uh, many years ago when a study in in WHO's um, was performed in many, many countries. They measured cholesterol, they measured the intake of uh, various uh, foods in the various countries. And when they compared the cholesterol in, in the populations with heart mortality, there was no association. Um, for instance, in France, they had very high cholesterol, but there are, um, the mortality of heart disease alone in France and they, they they couldn't explain that so they said this is this is the french paradox the paradox is uh, it is not no it's no paradox because there, there was no association at all in, in in among all these countries other countries had high cholesterol and low heart mortality as well for instance in luxembourg but uh, to explain away these these disturbing findings they Called, they mentioned, they invented the, the, the Mediterranean diet. They, obviously, the French are doing something that prevents them in spite of their high cholesterol. They are eating, they're drinking wine well, or they're eating more olive oil or, or whatever. But you, you can't, you, 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 do, you don't know anything about the Mediterranean diet. What we also know is that Italia, uh, Italians, they eat much saturated fat as well. If you have traveled in, in Italy, you will know that. They gorge in cheese and meat and everything with much said fat. They This is nonsense. The Mediterranean diet has no meaning.
0: What you're saying is it's an improper example. Yeah. Just as an aside, completely separate from anything on cholesterol and fat, do you think that red wine helps people? Or do you think it's been given a false association? Well, you, you see, you
1: see, to... People have examined how long people die and related to how long people live, how long time they live, and compared it with the with the consumption of alcohol. And what they found was that people who drink much alcohol and people who drink nothing at all they live shorter than those who who drink moderately. But I mean, this is not this is no problem because in um, there are so many other factors that are associated with the consumption of wine. Sure. Among those who, who, who do not drink wine at all, you will find previous alcoholics, many of these previous alcoholics, those who uh, uh, succeed in treating their alcoholism, they are non-drinkers. Of course, if you have been alcoholic alcoholic in, in 20 or 30 years, you live shorter than those who are not. So uh, such studies are meaningless.
0: What do you think about dementia and memory loss with respect to fat and cholesterol?
1: Yes, that's a serious problem. Many studies have shown that people with low cholesterol, their brain, their brain is not functioning properly. Some of them are aggressive. Some of them are depressive. Some of them, uh, many of them who who, who, who uh, perform a suicide, they have very often low cholesterol. So. Obviously, it's good to have a high cholesterol for for the brain function. And as I mentioned, uh, the, the use of uh, the one of the side effects with the statin treatment is brain symptoms. Brain symptoms as uh, bad memory, depression, anxiety, nightmares, and so forth. This has been reported for many many years by uh, by uh, Wing Gravity in the, the space doctor. Uh, uh, to the FDA, but they haven't, they haven't told um, their colleagues it before now, after ten years of reporting many, many cases of these patients of these statin treated patients, now a few weeks ago, I think they went out in public and, and say we and said there is some side effects that we didn't know before, for instance, uh, memory loss. And they also pointed out that muscular problems it was much more, uh, much more, uh, uh, common than we have been told by the drug companies. According to the drug companies, it's less than 1% who, who get muscular problems. But independent researchers have shown that more than 20% of those treated with statins, they got muscular problems. It, the problem, uh, occur not immediately. And therefore, uh, neither the patient nor the doctor think about that, that it is a side effect of the statin treatment. You, for instance, if, you, if, if you're a hypersensitive to penicillin, you will know it immediately when you've got a, an injection. You will, you will know immediately that you, you cannot tolerate penicillin. But the effect of the statins it takes a very long time before the, the symptoms appear. So it's more natural for the doctor to say, oh, your memory is bad, but but please, haven't you passed uh, the year seventy-five or aren't you eighty years? You know that memory become. Uh, you, you will lose your memory by uh, by increasing age.
0: Oh, it's so insidious, isn't it?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, but how should the doctor know? They have never been told about that. They haven't been told either that that about twenty percent of all men treated with statins they become impotent was a, a British study where they, follow, they, follow, they uh, asked their patients, their male patients, before the treatment about their sexual functions. And then they asked again after a few months. And it appeared that uh, about 20% had become more or less important during the, the statin treatment, which is, which is not uh, very cute because, as I told you, we use cholesterol to build uh, sexual hormones.
0: I really appreciate it also in your book on fat and cholesterol that when you talked about Dr. Dwayne Graveline, the astronaut and the airspace medical researcher, flight surgeon also, his book Lipitor, Thief of Memory. I'm glad that you quoted that. I think people should check that out too. Not only your books, but that particular book. I think it's kind of frightening and people need to get this information fast. Really, they do. I have friends and colleagues on Lipitor. My mother who had Alzheimer's was put on Lipitor. It really should be outlawed. You are the founder of this group, correct? Yes. The Cholesterol Myths.
1: We name ourselves the International Network of Cholesterol Skeptics. Right. Or Shorten Thinks.
0: Right. Why did you call yourself the International Group of Skeptics?
1: Why? Because the the group consists of of, uh, researchers and doctors and professors uh, from all over the world. We we have French and Japanese and Dutch and and, uh, Scandinavian, uh, English and American members.
0: What do you mean by skeptic? I don't think we have a proper context for that word. What do you mean by skeptic?
1: By by skeptics, I, I mean we are we are skeptical to to what we have been told about cholesterol and saturated fat, but, but uh, well, the name was in, invited by me, and uh, as you know, I, I'm English is not my mother language, and I I've heard many people say, why are you calling you skeptics? It's I, I understand that it's a misleading term, but uh, it's difficult to change it now. Now sure. this is. Uh,
0: This is our name. Right, because it seems like given the amount of science that you've amassed and how deeply you've gone into this, that it's beyond just being skeptical. There's a whole science showing that the science that we've been delivered is not accurate. So it's kind of like it's an international network of true scientists with respect to (laughs) cholesterol, right? Yes.
1: Yes, you're right. Yeah.
0: What kind of diet do the Swedes
1: eat? Uh, well, it depends on uh, what, what you believe. <laughs> are you afraid of cholesterol and, and believe that sandwich fat, then, then you, you avoid it. Because there are fewer and fewer people in Sweden that, that, that do so. Most people have realized that sandwich fat is is not the bad food. Well, uh, the kind of food, well, all kinds of, of uh, beef. And, um, well, oh, that, that was a difficult question. I'm not as sweet myself. <laughs>
0: I know you're from Denmark. Yes. I do have a question that may or may not have been asked to you before. A lot of us have been told in the U.S. that fat in the body and fat in general collects toxins.
1: Yes, that's right. Fat-soluble toxins, they are accumulated in the fat cells. That's right.
0: Okay. And the fat cells are in the fat tissue.
1: Well, the fat cells... Fat tissue consists of fat cells. Okay. It's inside the cells.
0: So if we're eating... The the fat
1: is deposited inside the fat cells.
0: Sure. So if, for example, we are eating the fat of animals, aren't we taking in more toxins from that fat by ingesting it? Well, it it
1: depends on on, on which animals you eat. Of course, if you... If you have a, a, a cows in a in a city going around and the, eating the, the, the grass in people's houses, then they probably will get a lot of toxins in their blood from the from the car exhausts and all the things. But uh, out in the in the countryside, though, I don't think they will accumulate any toxins unless you you sp- spread too much toxins on the fields.
0: That's what I wanted to ask you. So the whole system is really what matters where your cows are, if they're grass-fed? I I
1: would also say that most toxins are eliminated by liver and the kidneys. So it's uh, it's only uh, during a certain time that it will accumulate in the fat. So they will not stay in the fat. They they will sooner or later will disappear.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the public?
1: (laughs) Yes, read my books. Uh, I think it's the... a very good way to, to be informed because all what I have written in my books that goes counter to the official view, I have all what I've said that goes counter is referred to in the scientific literature. So if the reader is familiar with the university, the way people do research, they can go to the library and, and Look after and see if I'm lying or if I'm exaggerating every every single uh, uh, claim I have presented has been uh, documented most of uh, popular scientific books there are no references so therefore it's very easy to to uh, opponents to say that oh you can't believe in that uh, but i as i said to you i have referred everything to the to the scientific literature so Anyone who wants to control what I have written, they can do it.
0: I noticed that Sally Fallon from Nourishing Traditions and the Weston Price Foundation published your first book in the U.S. in the year 2000. Yes. And I think it's great that Weston Price Foundation and she in particular took an interest in your work. I want to thank you for all the work that you've been doing and continue to do, and I want to let everybody know that you can find doctor Of Ranskow's work at the website WW dot like Victor N like Nancy S like Cher K like Kim O V like Victor dot N like Nancy U slash U F like Frank Frank E dot H T M L you can pick up fat and cholesterol are good for you and ignore the awkward both